This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 841, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, January the 6th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. This is Adam Chapman, your host. Today we're looking at some of the books that came out on the week of January the 6th, which may, would have made it the first actual releases from the year 2021. Uh, some of the books that came out that I'm not talking about today include Harley Quinn, uh, sorry, Future State Harley Quinn, um, Future State Superman in, of Metropolis, Future State Swamp Thing, Future State The Flash, uh, Future State The Next Batman, uh, Future State Wonder Woman, uh, Generation Shattered, uh, Hellions, uh, what else? Uh, what else was coming out? House of El, House of L, Book One, The Shadow Threat, um, Juggernaut, King and Black, Return of the Valkyries, Modok Head Games, Ma- Miles Morales, Spider Man, Spider Woman, Star Wars: The High Republic, Star Wars, Symbiote, Spider Man, King and Black, Number Three, uh, The Rise of Ultraman, Thor, and Venom and X Factor. Uh, so that is what came out that I'm not talking about, but I'm talking about uh, six books today, which is actually more than I, generally speaking, have been looking at recently. Uh, first up, we have Amazing Spider-Man 56, Last Remains Postmortem, Part 1, by Nick Spencer and Mark Bagley, with Andrew Hennessy and recent friend of the show, uh, and uh, was just on the last episode, 840, uh, John Dell, uh, also providing inks, with Rochelle Rosenberg and Edgar Delgado providing colors, and virtual calligraphy is Joe Caramagna uh, doing letters. Um, so... After last issue's kind of abrupt ending um, to uh, these the whole storyline, uh, and I, I call it ending, but it, like it really just kind of faded that like we just kind of ended without actually seeing what was happening. And this, this issue is all about kind of going back and explaining in retrospect what happened. Um, so you lose a sense of um, pacing and of uh, consequence when you're doing a flashback. There's just something different to having the action play out as a flashback as opposed to in the moment. Uh, there's just a, something that you lose in terms of the immediacy of, of everything. There's a, you know, back and forth between Osborne and uh, Kingpin. And then this idea that, you know, Norman really is changed and everything he says in front of Kingpin is just kind of a, you know, just, you know, just playing a part. And I'm just exhausted by everything that they're doing with Norman. I just, I don't, I guess everything in comics is just so impermanent that you do something like this and I'm like, well, it's just until he gets his crazy back. And and by going back and forth on whether or not he's crazy or not, and it, I just found I'm getting whiplash as a reader and not in a good way and not in a way that makes me care. Um, this issue is definitely longer uh, than your typical issue and the art is beautiful. Um, but again, this whole, you know, you know, Norman Osborn had a plan, and he, he he rigged it up with Mary Jane, and Mary Jane knew exactly what was happening, and um, they were going to do what they could, and even using the spot as a way of kind of uh, being able to grab hold of the um, of, of Kindred, and seeing how everyone you know has their powers back, and I'm just, I guess I first of all didn't really ever believe that they would not get their powers back or their personalities back. Um, I did like seeing Carly Cooper and Overdrive getting into like a relationship because I like Overdrive. Um, and Nick Spencer definitely gets him more than most. And I like Carly Cooper and just want her to be around. Um, having Martin Lee show up, like, I just, I don't know if I care. I, I don't know if I've ever really cared about the character. So um, that didn't mean much to me. I just want the Kindred stuff to be over. And we're not there yet. And now, you know, it all ends with Spider-Man, you know, kind of jumping through. Although I don't really like 
even there, like, what's he standing on? Like, the, it's just kind of a weird. I guess he's supposed to be on the, the door frame, but it doesn't look right. Um, so I don't really love where we're leaving this. And Spider-Man's barely here. Like, he's he, you know, he's here, but we're not really ever from his perspective because everything's a flashback from told from Norman. So I'm just not really enjoying this whole Kindred storyline. I'm ready for it to be over, and I feel like we're not. It's not going to be over, and I just I'm exhausted because I don't know what it does. What do, what does this give us? What you know, like what what is Kindred's real goal? Who even knows? And to be honest, who cares? Like at this point, I just feel so let down by the whole thing that it's I'm just I'm just bored of it all. Uh, next up is Challenge of the Super Sons. This is uh, Chapter Four by Peter J. Tomasi and uh, Jorge Corona with uh, Luis Guerrero on colors and Rob Lee on letters. Um, I really enjoyed this. This was fun. You know, you got a Felix Faust story. Uh, an earlier version of Vandal Savage, which is kind of interesting. You have them uh, fighting against Robin and S- Superboy, who end up in the you know in the wrong time frame. Uh, this was super fun. A lot of you know it was it was light. It was fast moving. I love how these characters are written. I just love seeing uh, Robin and Super this version of Superboy, not the you know aged up version. So I really enjoyed this. Uh, next up, we have Dark Dark Knights Death Metal number seven. I have said before I have not really cared about the storyline or really enjoyed it. I found it was so messy and chaotic and not in a good way. I didn't always know what the hell was happening, why I was supposed to care. It's just so... I feel like they're trying so hard to be big and bold, and it's not enjoyable, and I haven't been enjoying it, and I'm not even... Like, I don't really care about the weird designs of the characters, and I, the Batman Who Laughs is one of the most overblown, overused characters in modern comics that I've seen in a while, and I'm done. And even Perpetua, I, I never cared about the whole idea. Um, so this storyline, was I was ready for it to be over. Um, I just didn't care much, and yeah, I was just kind of done with it. Um... I, I read it, I immediately like kind of forgot about it because I just found it so unnecessary and it wasn't something I enjoyed. I like that, I guess, the Justice Society is, you know, back and having been active, but I just I just didn't care. And uh, I just, I'm done with, I'm, I think I'm done with Zack, uh, sorry, Zack Snyder, Scott Snyder. Like, I just, I feel like I didn't enjoy any of his, really, almost any of his Justice League. Um, I didn't enjoy Dark Knights or whatever it was. I didn't enjoy this. Like, I just, I'm, I'm just kind of done with him as uh, a writer. I find, I don't know, I, and I think, I don't know, his writing, the beginning felt much better, and just now I'm just not really enjoying it at all. Uh, next up, we have Eternals. Uh, this is issue number one. Um, as some, I mean, I think most people don't really know much about the Eternals. Uh, it's written by Kieran Gillen with Isad Ribic on art, and I thought the art was beautiful. I thought the story... You know, the characters may be a little bit weird to get into, but I did feel like it was very accessible. Um, that, it, you know, it was very, I would call it new reader friendly. Like, it was weird stuff was going on, but at the same time, you know, you're able to kind of jump in and understand it. And it, it was very, I found very new reader friendly, uh, very accessible, and uh, I didn't find it threw me off too much. I enjoyed it. I think having a guy like Ribich on art is uh, the right call. <laughs> uh, you really want to put your A game on something like this, especially when it's about to be a, a new property. Uh, issue, sorry, next up, we've got Gardens of the Galaxy issue number 10 by Al Ewing and Juan Cabal with uh, Federico Blee on colors and vor- virtual calligraphies Corey Pettit on letters. Um, I, you know, this is all about, you know, it's a king and black tie-in. Uh, so basically the, you know, the Guardians end up against a giant, you know, dragon. Uh, you've got revelations about Star-Lord uh, now that he's, you know, king of the sun or whatever. Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really cool. I'm excited to see where we go from here and what the next storyline is with uh, 
the gods of Olympus. So I thought this was a great read. Um, in terms of being really a related to King, King and Black, like it's it's related, but I wouldn't call it essential reading. Like it, it's just incidental in some ways. That's the best kind of tie-in. Uh, it takes place in and around an, an event. It doesn't ignore the event, uh, and it takes advantage of what's happening in the event to kind of do its own story and further its own characters, and then it moves on from it. So it's kind of the best way to have a tie-in. Um, if you're looking for a tie-in that actually means something to the main plot, you're not going to get it. Um, I would, again, I always think that Onslaught did this best in what '96 um, because they had impact issues and phase issues. And I just, for the love of God, I wish they would bring that back. Like I love that idea that you know you have all the. If you wanted to get everything Onslaught, you picked up everything with either a phase or an impact on it. But uh, if you didn't care about the main Onslaught storyline and you were just reading like Punisher then you're you have an impact issue so you you know it's it's part, you know it's part of the overall storyline because something's happening as a result of what's going on in the main phases but you're not necessarily needing to read it and i've always felt that that was the best way to go so if, and it was clearly indicated to readers that if you wanted to you know just understand the main elements of the story you just read the phase books so this is an impact book this is impacted by what's going on in the rest but it's not in, you know it's not integral reading and i i i, I wish they would do something like that uh, next up is Iron Man number five. I'm sorry. Next up and last up is Iron Man number five, written by Christopher Cantwell, artwork by Cafu, uh, color art by Frank Damata. Um, this has been such a revelation. Um, I'm loving the artwork. Um, and the story by Cantwell is, is great as well. Really enjoying this take on Iron Man. I, you know, the first issue, so I wasn't really sure. But ever since then, it's just been action-packed. I love the use of Korvac. Um, the characters using, you know, weird characters like Frogman and uh, and using Hellcat as a love interest now and, and the Scarlet Spider. Like, I thought this was really cool and different and it's exciting. And again, the artwork's brilliant. And um, I didn't really like the Dan Slott stuff. So this feels like a nice, I don't know, like it's different. I wouldn't say it's quite a return to Iron Man form because Iron Man feels different. But I think it's an earned different uh, based on where the character has been. And it's still making him feel, you know, easy to kind of understand. Uh, my friend, He's been on the podcast before, Tibor. Uh, he's never really read comics, but recently got a... I don't know how... I think he really liked the Spider-Man movie game. Uh, sorry, Spider-Man game uh, that came out a couple years ago. He got it for PS5, and he played the Miles Morales game, and he read the Gamerverse comics, and you know he got a Marvel Unlimited subscription, and so he's been reading... Actually, on my recommendation, reading Immortal Hulk, but he's also, I believe, read the first issue or two of this Iron Man run. And again, he has no context for a lot of the crazy stuff, but he's like, this is pretty good. I like this. And I'm like, well, then it's achieving its job like if it's being able to you know be new reader friendly uh, with all the crazy continuity stuff that tony's had to deal with if cantwell has been able to write a book that is able to be enjoyed and understood by a new reader like literally one of the like the he's never really read comics like his understanding of of the minutiae of the comic book continuity is is nil so if he's able to get in and enjoy the first issue and be like i want to read more of this that's a that's a win that's uh you know that's that's that it was able to work for a new reader and it was able to work for me again i don't know if i really love the first issue but with each successive issue i've really been enjoying it um and again i think the artwork is a big part of that in terms of that grounded feel uh and and the, you know the, the colors really make it snap off the page so i'm really enjoying this thus far and that is basically it um in terms of uh, our next episode, I'll be talking about Amazing Spider-Man again, an issue of Immortal Hulk, the launch of a new Thunderbolts book, um, and the books that I 
who knows if I'll have read them by the time I record. Uh, we've got uh, The Union number two, uh, Star Wars Darth Vader, Sword, Marauders, uh, Planet of the Symbiotes, um, was it uh, Gwenom versus Carnage, uh, Teen Titans, Superman, Wonder Woman. Uh, sorry, these are all Future State books. Uh, Future State, Dark Detective, Future State, Green Lantern, Future State, Justice League, Future State, Kara Zor-El, Superwoman, Future State, Robin, was it Eternal? Um, I got Chris Claremont Anniversary Special, and then there's another Challenge of the Super Sons chapter. So some good stuff that we'll be talking about, uh, hopefully, on our next episode. So thanks for listening, and uh, you can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. Rate and re- review the show on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. Thanks again. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.